Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. And welcome back. We're on episode number 28, and the the title of this episode is You Gotta Get Up to Get What You Want. <laughs> That's what I'm going to title this, and we're starting in chapter number three of the Song of Solomon. And so if you are actually going through us with this on the devotional, um, it's actually day number 28, but if you're in the just regular Bible, it's Song of Solomon chapter number three and verse number one. Now we're going to take another shift. This story is, this Song of Solomon is a bunch of flash forwards, flashbacks. It's like the perfect romance movie. You know, you got these little moments in time that move back and forth and you got to kind of stay with them. But uh, it's amazing to see what happens because of that. Because it gives you a good glimpse of, of Solomon as a boy, it gives you a good glimpse of the girl and what her past was and how and really you're seeing God in action when you see the king with the with the bride you're seeing God in action in our hearts you're seeing him confront wounds and lies of our past with truth and the truth is that we have is is Jesus and so he confronts those wounds with the truth and so Solomon chapter 3 uh, verse number one we're going to look at this um a different aspect of the story. It's a whole nother shift. And we've just got done. In fact, they just, in, in chapter two, in verse number 16 and 17, uh, they were together as a couple and they were making love and, and just enjoying each other physically. And now someone just flash forward to a different time and she's by herself. She's in her bed. Now understand, um, now when she was, they were together and I don't know if they walked back from the garden back to her chamber and that's where they were uh, together or not, but I know she woke up and he wasn't there. You know, Song of Solomon chapter 3 and verse number 1 says, By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. And I love how it's worded here, you know. Uh, soul, our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. And, you know, he says, I, I woke up and I looked for the person who, who I love with my mind. And I love this person with my emotional being. And I love this person uh, with my will. I mean, I, I love this person. And she says, I woke up on, by night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loves. Like, it's not just... Shepherd girl loves king. It's everything about shepherd girl loves everything about king. And when I look at God, it's like, man, uh, when I found out, when he showed me what it meant to be loved truly by him, I looked at him and I thought, man, I I love you with everything that I am. Like, I love you. Everything is Daniel loves you, God. I mean, I just, I love you. And so I understand what she's saying a little bit. It's like, man, she woke up and I'm a bit, I sought him and my soul love it. So I sought him a second time. She says, yeah, I sought him. You can almost hear the despair in her voice. She says, I sought him, but I found him not. There's nothing more than waking up and, and looking and just being disappointed. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, Proverbs says. But when you, you know, when you really, really want something and you can't seem to find it or get it, it just makes you really, really sad. So she wakes up and she's looking for the king. But you know, she's not going to find him until she's willing to leave her position of comfort. And I say that because there's there's a lot to this picture that we're looking at. She's on her bed. She's telling you she's well, She's complaining. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like he's around. And she's not going to find him laying in her bed because the king didn't stay in her bed. 
Like the king got up, he was moving, he was, you know, actively about the, the business of being a king. You know, but she woke up, she couldn't find him. She's not going to find him and she was really willing to leave her position of comfort. And a lot of times you're not going to find, you're not going to get in on doing things with Christ, doing things with God, if you're not willing to leave the places that you're comfortable. You're not willing to leave the mindsets that you're comfortable in. You're not willing to leave the uh, positions that you're comfortable in, the positions of, of, of faith that you're uncomfortable in. You know, sometimes we get something settled. They say God never violates his word, and that's true. But a lot of times God violates our understanding of his word, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. God violates the way we understand his word. And if you staunch and say, well, I'm not changing on this, and understand that God says, no, I need you to shift away from what's familiar and come after me because I live in truth, not familiarity. God says, I don't live in the familiar. I live in truth. And if you want me, come to truth and leave familiar. And there's a lot of times in our mindsets with God, in our relationship with God, we've got to be willing to leave a certain mindset we're comfortable in. And for me, my mindset that I was comfortable in was acts of service to please God, performance-based acceptance. I mean, everything around you in society is performance-based acceptance. And so from work on through, and I was raised uh, to that, that song, you know, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear for the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful little eyes what you see. Like God was upstairs in the heaven and he was really sad at me all the time. And if I, if I did the wrong thing, and honestly, I think God hates that song. That's the equivalent of you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus coming out. He knows if you've been sleeping. God knows if you've been good. For, like George, like uh, Seinfeld. Big up for goodness sakes, George. He's watching you. You know, it's like we look at God like he is just this uh, distant deity or this uh, this boss, this you know, difficult employer. And so my mindset was caught in performance-based acceptance. And so it was easy for me to get into the familiar patterns of service. I mean, I would do different things that were expected or you'd expect a good Christian to do because that's what it would take to win God's heart back to me. When God introduced me to himself, I, I was at this point where I was broken and I just, I, you know, I'd, I just kind of fell apart. And I said, God, I... I need to know why, why you moved me all the way across the country to this, to this place. You know, I moved from Illinois to, to Alabama, and he said, well, "Why did you move me here to go through all the stuff that I went through here?" And God just like He just dropped it in my spirit. He said, "Because I need you to see, I'm not what you're used to. I am not this. I'm nothing about what you've seen. That's not who I am." Bam. I wouldn't be able to find him when I felt distant from God. I don't know how many times I'd go to church and go do all these things, you know, for him. And I'd go home still feeling distant from him, still feeling like my prayers were bouncing off the ceiling, still feeling like I had no relationship with God. He was unhappy and displeased with me and still feeling like my righteousness depended on me. And I was still feeling that weight of that. It's like, man, I, I couldn't find him. And I would feel so distant from him. Have you ever felt distant from God? Have you ever felt like your prayers hit the ceiling? Like God was disappointed in you. You done, you messed up, and you just went too far. You went too far. <laughs> you ever felt that way? You have gone too far now, mister. And you just felt like you just couldn't find him. You're not going to find him until you leave that position that you've been putting yourself in as comfortability of service, based for acceptance. Solomon didn't stay in one spot. He moved throughout the kingdom. He wasn't just confined to the bedchamber. <laughs> as much as he may have liked to be, sometimes he couldn't stay there. He had to move about the kingdom. He, had, he was the king. So she woke up in the middle of the night and she reached for her love just to find him distant. 
Let me just say, God is not always found where life is comfortable. God is not always found where life is comfortable. God is not always waiting with the comfort zone of life. God's in the danger zone, <laughs> the conflict zone. You know, that's where he is. You have the comfort zone, the conflict zone, and God is not always in the comfort zone. God is in the conflict zone. Engaging with God, engaging him means, means being willing to step out of a place that's familiar and comfortable to you. And when I took God from me, when I said, man, I am yours, like she looked at him and said, I'm yours in your mind. When I looked at God and said, man, God, you have me. You have everything that is Daniel. You have me. I was taking on the fact that he was going to lead me into places that I may not be familiar and comfortable with. And let me tell you something. I have been in places that I have not been comfortable in. In fact, I remember um, just a while back, I was asked to speak at one of the events I was speaking at. It was a it was an AIDS awareness rally. It was like a kind of a AIDS AIDS thing for um, people who are HIV positive, and they were struggling with that. It was like their families, and they were all together. And I walked into that room, and it was that. And back when I was asked, the person said, "Would you come speak to these to the people at this?" event and I said yes I'd love to and they said I've asked other pastors I've asked pastors in town but they've all told me the same thing these are not the people that they're looking for and my heart broke I said man absolutely let's go man I want to do this and I'm going to talk about Song of Solomon I remember walking into that room and it was full of people there that were just broken man hurting people the whole room hurting people we had some people in the room that were so willing to have someone be okay with them. I'll change my body. I'll change whatever I need. I'll change my gender. I'll change the. I'll I'll, I'll dress a different way. I'll I'll do whatever it takes to have somebody look me in the eye and say I'm okay with you. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that love. I want acceptance. I want this. And man, to be able to drop God's acceptance, be able to come in there and say, let me just tell you about how I found out that I was loved beyond compare and how I'll never have to doubt that love again. Let me just tell you about that. Let me tell you, that was not comfortable at first, but it's where the king was. God is not always in your everyday church. He's not always in this place of absolute, you know, perfect world. He's not in that. God's not always there. God moves throughout the kingdom. He stays. He goes out towards the unfamiliar where it's not comfortable. And we should always be willing to leave what's familiar for what's true. We can't stay only where it's comfortable for us and hope to experience God in our lives. He is too often found in the experience of the unfamiliar. Man, it was Elisha and Elijah. Remember that where they walked out and they, Elisha had that mantle of Elijah. He walks up to the creek and remember that, that moment. I mean, his mentor is gone now. And he walks up to that creek and he takes that mantle and he just hits the water with it. He's, he, remember what he said? He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Like he said, I'm the... I don't need Elijah when I come to the creeks. <laughs> I don't need Elijah when I come to the rivers. I need the God that Elijah had. And he, man, bam, he hits that water and it just parts for him. It's like, you just want to go, yeah, jump out of your seat when you read that story. Like, dude, you just discovered something that most of us will miss. You discovered that God is not found in the familiar. He is found often in the unfamiliar. He leads, he walks out into places that cause you to stretch. He walks out into places that cause you to, to reach for something beyond where you're at. And as long as you stay in the place where you're comfortable, guess what? You'll just be forever patting the bed forever. You'll just be reaching for an empty spot here. You're feeling the blank 
blankets that were warm. You're feeling the pillow that was warm and you can say at one time, man, God was doing something in my life. Man, at one time, me and God together, we just had this great relationship at one time. At one time, God was just, man, I felt really involved with his life and I felt like me, we were just going through life together. And that was way back in the 60s, amen? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. I remember uh, this pastor one time talking, back in the 60s, amen, God and I were busy. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you doing now? Why would you just keep patting the bed looking for God of the 60s? Guess what? God's in 2016. He's still here, man. He's still here. He's still moving. He's still working. He's still redeeming. He's still reconciling. And sometimes God says, you want with me? You want, you're with me? Guess what? If I truly am yours, you got to be willing to let go of what's comfortable. And if you're going to find me, it's not always going to be found where it's safe. It's not always going to be found where it's warm and where it's pleasant and when you're loved and when you're accepted. In fact, he says, you better pray for those people that persecute you and, and bless those that do bad to you. Why does he say that? Because it's going to happen. They're going to do that. You're going to be in places where people are not going to want you around, where they're going to reject you, where they're going to reject the gospel. They're going to push against you and give you pushback and make you feel uncomfortable. You're going to be witnessing and being around people and trying to share God's love with people that adamantly hate him. They hate him. And because they hate him, guess what? The servant's not greater than his master. They're going to take it out on you. But man, if you want to be with God, that means you step out of your own comfort zone. Man, God, I want you to do something in my life. Guess what? Sometimes God just says, hey, go do this. Make this phone call. Reach out. Tell someone that you're praying for him. Stop what you're doing and pray right then. There was a guy I used to work with on the truck dock back in Illinois. And I'll never forget his name was, they called him Deacon. Deacon Hines was his name, Mike Hines. And I'll never forget Mike. Mike had this unusual ability when if you asked Mike to pray for you, he'd stop what he'd do and he'd pray right there for you. And if you didn't want to be embarrassed, man, by someone holding up their hand with their hand on you and praying in the spirit over you, then man, you better not tell Deacon you had a prayer request. What, what was that? It was Mike was just sensitive. He said, look, if God wants me to pray right then, I'm going to pray right then. It doesn't matter if people are driving by, yelling stuff, making fun of me. It doesn't matter. That's not comfortable for me. No, no, Mike never woke up in the morning and said, hey, I want to be disliked. Hey, I want to be unpopular. Hey, but you know what? The people that in the truck dock knew that if they needed something prayed for, they knew Deacon Hines would pray for him. And they'd find Deacon Hines. And they'd pull him off to some trailer somewhere and say, hey, would you pray for me? Pray for my mom. Man, my wife's sick. Man, I'm, I'm losing my marriage. Man, my kid, would you pray for me? And they grabbed him. Why? Because they knew this guy is with God. Like he's not just sitting there feeling the bed. Saying, God and, and, and me were together, we were working together, but I can't seem to locate it right now. No, no. Paul said, be instant, be ready. In season, out of season, you be ready because sometimes God's going to direct your path into a place where you're not comfortable. You know, you may be, God may put someone on your heart even right now. He drops a name that you haven't talked to in a long time and says, hey, call that person today and just pray with them right there on the phone. Well, what if they don't want to pray? What if they're busy? What if they're not? Man, it's, stop. What you're really saying is it's not comfortable for me to follow what that voice in my spirit is. I Man, I've had God drop people's names, say, pray for this person. I've called their phone. They've not answered. They got a voicemail, and I prayed with them over their voicemail. I said, hey, man, let me drop this to you. God just told me I'm going to pray for you, and I just want to pray for you on this and this and this, if you don't mind. Bam. I don't know how many times we were out through work, and, and uh, man, God would put someone on my heart and say, look, talk to this person right now. Tell them this right now about me. And, man, I'll call them up from my phone and talk to them for just a minute. Hey, you got a second? I'm going to tell you something. And just share with him about what God wanted me to, and never fails. Man, I needed that. You have no idea what I needed. I was going through this right now. What was that? It was God saying, hey, move with me to the kingdom. Don't just sit there where it's comfortable. 
You want to see me in action? You got to move with me. You want to see me direct the kingdom? You got to move with me. You want to see me interact with the people of the kingdom? You got to be with me as I walk through the kingdom. You got to be with me. You got to be willing to move where I move. Don't just sit, refuse and stay where it's comfortable. Man, today I challenge you. I challenge you today to move out of what's familiar into what's true. I challenge you today to tune it in and say, God, who do you want me to pray for? Ask these questions right here. Say, God, who do you want me to pray for today? Three people, three names of people you want me to pray for today. Write those names down and then pray for them. Ask me, God, who do you want me to encourage today? Three people you want me to encourage today and let him give you three names and then say, God, how do you want me to encourage them? And whatever it is, you do it. It's buying a phone card. It's, it's buying a cup of coffee. It's whatever it is. It's sending them an iTunes gift card. Whatever it is, you move in the spirit and you follow what he's telling you to do. And I promise you, you're going to experience more of the king, the kingdom experience than you've ever experienced in a long time because God's going to take you to some places that it's not comfortable. He may drop a name on your heart that you haven't talked to in many, many years. And you may have to work to find this person, but man, it's all worth it. I promise you. I promise you, when you start to move in the spirit and say, God, I don't want to just lay on the bed. I don't want to lay in this place of uh, re- this, this, this time of relationship that we had and, and forever rest. And my greatest days with you are behind me. Man, the days that I met you and man, you and I together. And I really felt like I experienced you in my life. And that was a long time ago. I can't find you right now, but the bed's still warm, you know, so there's evidences in my life that you were still at. No, no, no. Be done with that. Man, if he got up out of here, I'm going to go after him. So we're going to look at tomorrow, or not tomorrow, rather the next podcast we jump into, uh, episode 29, is where she's going to make a decision. And she's at a place of decision right now. She's on her bed. She's looking for him. And then she's got to decide. And that's what you and I have to do. Make a decision today. God, who do you want me to pray for? Me to encourage those people. And whatever he tells you to do, no matter how wacko it seems, man, you do it. You do it. You do it, you do it, you do it. I've had God tell me to bring donuts to people. And I was like, man, I don't even know if they're diabetic or not. Maybe they can't handle donuts. And he says, bring donuts to these people. And I brought the donuts. Man, this, uh, remember bringing donuts to a lady. And she's a, a widow lady. And I knocked on her door. And there I'm with the donuts. I said, hey, I got some donuts for you. And I said, they're Krispy Kreme. And she just started crying. She says, man, I was just every, it was on a Thursday. She said, every Thursday when my husband was alive, we used to, I used to run down to Krispy Kreme and I'd bring back two donuts. Me and he and I would have a donut together. And that was our thing together. And I was just on the back bedroom. And I was just telling God how much I missed my husband. Here you are at the door with donuts. Not just any donuts, no. Krispy Kreme donuts. You're here. God, what do you do with that? Man, I saw God reach down and hear her prayer and hear her the littlest cry of God, I don't understand why you, why my husband's gone. I miss my husband. And I saw God reach because I was involved. He said, Dan, buy her donuts. Don't even eat one. Just take them over there. And I saw him. And if God, you're aware of her, then you're aware of me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? You put him lower than the angels. Angels are pure. They don't do anything wrong. They're perfect. You put me lower than them, but you're mindful of me. You're mindful of a widow lady who said, I missed my husband. You're going to bring her donuts. And I'm so glad when that when that prompting in my spirit came to get someone donuts, you're not like, no, oh, what, what, no, she might be diabetic. No, I can't do that. Man, it doesn't matter. You bring them. You do whatever it takes. And I promise you, you will see something about God that maybe you haven't seen in a long, 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 long time. And you're going to find it's not just an empty bed, but there's a body. There's 
I found him. So we're going to see this as we get into this chapter, which she starts to move. This is Annette, uh, episode number 29. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'm excited for you as you go about asking these three questions today. God, who do you want me to pray for? Um, who do you want me to encourage? And how do you want me to encourage them? Those three things. And then move. Who do you want me to pray for? The very first name puts on your mind, write it down. Bam. Man, who do you want me to encourage? And first name, bam. Okay, how do you want me to encourage this person? Whatever it is, write it down. Do it. I promise you. Let's let's leave familiar. Let's leave what's comfortable and step out into into this thing called the kingdom. Let's step out into this kingdom living. It's excited. So we're going to pick up where we left off um, next time we meet. Until then, I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless you. I'm excited for what you're going to see about God and your relationship with him in the kingdom today. God bless you.